for meeting professionals. I'm your host, Lauren Edelstein with Northstar Meetings Group. Eventful, the podcast, is our way of inviting you to join some of the interesting conversations we have with people in our business about topics that really should be on your radar. I look forward to hearing what you think, and please be sure to subscribe. Today, I'm excited to speak with Bradley Metrock. Bradley is CEO of Score Publishing in Nashville and the executive producer of the Project Voice series of events, which are related to voice technology and the growing use of artificial intelligence. He had to shift some recent events to a digital-only platform, but the Voice of Healthcare Summit, which is scheduled to be held in early August, will go ahead as a live event in the Boston area at a winery. And there are some very interesting plans surrounding that event related to COVID-19. Thanks for being here, Bradley, and I look forward to hearing more about your plans. A month ago, we were supposed to have a sold-out event in San Jose, California called Voice of the Car Summit. And it's all about voice technology in the modern connected car. Of course, couldn't have it. Uh, you know, local regulations, federal regulations, and just common sense. So we made it virtual. We like in-person events. We like them for a number of reasons. I'm a big technology guy, but it's probably because of that that I understand really well that virtual events will never, ever, ever in my lifetime probably approximate the things that an in-person event can do. To my chagrin, we had to make it virtual this thing in April, and registrations doubled. Uh, That was good uh, because more people could attend. But we had to do a lot of work behind the scenes to make sure our sponsors and exhibitors were happy, that they walked away with the number of relationships and meetings and outcomes that they were hoping to achieve. And we, we did that, and, and so everybody was happy. So so now, fast forward to, you know, right after the Voice of the Car Summit, you know, the next event that we have on the docket is in August, and it's called the Voice of Healthcare Summit. Um, and it takes place every year at Harvard Medical School. Now, um, in our endeavor, to uh, allow for in-person events to come back, we had created something called the Project Voice Series Protocols. And it was a really hardcore set of stuff. Uh, it's There's gonna be COVID-19 testing there. Uh, everyone's gonna have to sign a waiver. Uh, there'll be masks, there'll be distancing, no food, no swag. I mean, a lot of, a lot of stuff. Ultimately, the school decided that they probably weren't going to reopen until Labor Day, so it all became a boot point, um, and we had to change venues. But um, Harvard had an interesting, had a comment that I heard several other times, which is essentially, "Who in the world's going to want to do this?" Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and I thought, well, my God. If you're telling me that, and I've heard this from other people, which sort of had a different sort of take on things, uh, then maybe we are indeed over-engineering the problem. And that was feedback that we got over and over again. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you what we're doing. Okay. Because it's, because it's changed. Okay. Uh, so COVID-19 testing, I see no way around it uh, to do this safely. So I, I grew up in a, that's something else important for you to know, is that I grew up in a family business where uh, my grandfather started a very successful steel and wire company in in Birmingham, Alabama. 
and he sold the company after, in the mid-90s after someone died in the factory wow. um, due to, you know, 100% of their own negligence. They were mm-hmm. drunk and some other stuff, but still, he um, uh, it was just tough to take. And, you know, I was in, in, in adolescent at the time, and I remember what that was like and what that was about. So the concept of somebody coming to an event that we do or anything that we do uh, and getting sick or dying is unfathomable. It's, it's, it's totally unacceptable. Mm-hmm. So, so with that being said, when I look at this, when I look at the landscape, you know, obviously we're learning a lot of new things every day, you know, 45 days ago, it was, you know, how dare you wear a mask, right. you know, you're keeping it from important people. And then now today it's how dare you not wear a mask. Yeah. So, you know, it amidst this backdrop, we have sort of come to the conclusion that the only way to do an event safely, um, and obviously this is all our opinion, you know, backed up with, and it, it is helpful that the next event we're doing is a healthcare event because we've been able to talk to a lot of smart folks in this sector. But mm-hmm. the only way, it appears the only way to do an event safely is to test for COVID-19. Mm-hmm. If, you te- if you test for it, then you can create, and if you manage the testing properly, then you can, you know, with a third party, uh, you know, licensed to, certified healthcare organization, not our team doing this, mm-hmm. um, then you can create a green zone. You can you can create a uh, event population where everybody's negative. And uh, under those circumstances, uh, I have come to see that there's not a lot of reason to, for people to wear masks or some of these other things unless they just feel comfortable doing that. You know, if, you, if everybody tests negative, our thought process is that the people who tested positive to leave, we can credit them back and they don't lose anything. They have to go mm-hmm. uh, and tend to their health. People who are negative, we can proceed to have some halfway normal, you know, event. Mm-hmm. And that is where we've come to because we've gotten a lot of pushback on the left and the right, you know, politically from, you know, as I said, people saying, sorry, uh, no, right. <laughs> we're not going to do any of that. And so basically the moral of the story is that people want elevated hygiene, health and safety, but they don't want to do anything mm-hmm. <laughs> to the surprise of really nobody. So that's the plan. So I'll tell you this and I'll shut up. Uh, you ask mm-hmm. whatever you want. Uh, but hopefully this is helpful. So, you know, the whole time we knew we needed to move from Harvard because they weren't going to be open. So we've been on the search for venues, and I think it is a critical revelation that I have had that is important. And I've only had it since sort of last week, and your readership may find this valuable. That um, the way I would describe it is, if you're going to do an in-person event, the, the, the ethos of it, the, the, the psychology of it has to run counter to the heavy, heavy lives we've had for the first half of the year. You know, we've all been staring at the same four walls. You know, it's been really sort of existential in nature. It's been awful. Mm-hmm. And, and an in-person, in-person events, I think, can be just a huge home run if they're refreshing if they're light, if they're fun, 
if they're social, these are all things I'm not in real life, by the way. <laughs> uh, if, if, they're, if they're being safe as a given, uh, nothing will take place if that's not happening and people aren't convinced. But uh, given that foundation, if they do all these things, and so normally I want to program stuff to the gills. I will pack things and we will be very aggressive with program. People know that and that's the selling point of what we do. Now I'm changing course and, and we're having programs that breathe a little bit more, have a little bit more time for socializing. And also, important key, we're switching to open air venues. So in Boston, we're going with a place called Boston Winery, which is sort of open and airy, uh, depending on how they configure the property. Um, and it's just in the name, in what it is, it's Boston Winery, and we're going to start serving alcohol in the afternoon after lunch. It's, this was going to be a two-day event, now it's short to a one-day event. It's just going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's going to be different. We're going to call it the Voice of Health here Summit Special Edition. That's new. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're announcing that Monday. Mm-hmm. Digital Book World is the, is the thing we're doing in September. So we've got back-to-back events, one in August, one in September. And Digital Book World is a long-standing publishing event. We've moved that out of Vanderbilt University, which is here in Nashville, uh, which is my alma mater, because, uh, frankly, I, I cannot trust their decision-making. They're in a point where they've been honest about it. They, they can swing either way. They don't know what they're going to do with classes and students yet. Right. So um, I have moved that event to a very well-known place here in Nashville, but not a lot of outsiders know about it, called Arrington Vineyards, um, which is this beautiful property that's 30 minutes south of town. And uh, it's owned by Kate's Brooks, which is uh, half of Brooks and Dunn. And uh, there's this gorgeous barn on the property, and it's open air, and it's all those things that the Boston Winery will be for us in Boston. It's fun, it's social, mm-hmm. it's refreshing, and it's light. Uh, and it's and, and the, the key here is that you know most people are going to look at in-person conferences, and they're going to say no one's going to go to one because and the reason being that we are all deeply in survival mode. This, this pandemic has put us into survival mode and not just a few runs down Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And whereas an in-person conference is squarely in, in thrive territory, it's luxury land. And it's something that is not necessarily needed. And I think the entirely opposite is true. I think that an in-person conference, if done in the way that I'm describing, or, or done in some other intelligent fashion that somebody else comes up with is in survive mode. I think mm-hmm. people, it is critical that people get out and get that face-to-face interaction. I think they're going crazy without it. And it's part of who we are as human beings. And I think conferences are something we need, you know, that many people just flat out, honestly, need to survive, need to survive as crazy as that is. Um, and I don't necessarily mean ours, but, you know, I think it, you know, it, 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 event gatherings, in-person gatherings are just, they're important. And um, I think that misperception may be out there. And that's sort of something that I've come to realize. Mm-hmm. So with that, thank, okay. thank you for talking to me. Whatever <laughs> questions you got. Okay. So how many people are you expecting for the healthcare event? So at Harvard, we were expecting 420. We were expected completely sold out. Uh, that is the capacity of Martin Conference Center uh, at, at the medical school. Now we have shrunk that to 100 and it's between 125 and 150. Meanwhile, 
Boston, probably all of Massachusetts, is still limiting its events to 10, like gatherings to 10. Are you hoping that by then that will not be the case? I suppose so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you, do you have a plan B if it's still too large of a gathering um, in terms of government restrictions? With Voice of the Car Summit, what happened there was they had said on a Sunday that, they, that the CDC was going to come out with new guidelines on a Monday, but then they turned around and released them that night, and, and I, I saw it come across, and it was, you know, gatherings of 50 people couldn't, couldn't right. meet anymore, 50 people or more. So it was that evening for a period of two to three hours that I completely raised our program to the ground and rebuilt it for right. a virtual event. So, so we can we can adjust extremely quickly. So, I, you know, if we get into mid-July, you know, and the unfathomable is occurring that either this thing got worse somehow or that Boston is, is uh, not uh, going to be compatible with this event, then we'll just make it virtual. We'll keep the same dates. I feel like postponing an event or canceling it, you might as well just kiss it goodbye. Right. Um, we'll make it virtual and keep the same dates. Right. And is this something that you do, like, in cooperation with the city or, you know, the destination? Um, I mean, with the Convention of Visitor Bureau, whoever you're working with, um, in terms of them knowing, understanding what the plan is um, that's going to take place in the city? So, uh, for this event, no. For some of the larger stuff we do, you know, Digital Book World had a thousand registered attendees last year, you know, and that was sold out. That had started to reach the point where we were kind of conversing with Nashville about it. And then Project Voice is our big event. So that that had over 3,000 registered attendees uh, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, which most people don't know has the best internet in the United States. That had, that had thousands of attendees last year was going to double in size. This January, we're limiting that to under a thousand this go around. That's something that we talked to the city of Chattanooga about quite a bit. So we have those conversations uh, with other events, just we had not gotten to the point with doing that with this one. So my other question is, with the testing, suppose somebody is positive, but there's, from what I understand, a couple of days where they might be carrying the virus before it would show positive on, on a test. Yeah, there's been some news just uh, this week about the Abbott Labs device, uh, which is the one that Trump showed rather ineptly uh, at one of his (laughs) press conferences, having some false positives uh, and some things of that nature. And my response to that is, because I've been asked about that already, and my my response to that is that, you know, we're going to leave that in, in healthcare professional territory to tell us what doesn't work and what, what doesn't doesn't work. You know, I'm sure I'll have an opinion on that and I'm sure it won't matter much. Ultimately, we know that we will be able to do something that not a lot of people can do, which is get access to testing. And uh, there's one, you know, even the day that, that Trump showed that test that takes five minutes if it's negative, or five minutes if it's positive, 15 minutes if it's negative, you know, even then, there was a different test that takes two minutes mm-hmm. uh, either way, um, and I think we may have access to that. I would just leave it at we're going to get we're going to go with the advice of medical professionals on what we should and shouldn't be doing. But what I can tell you is, it's a rapidly evolving situation where the testing, not that it matters to a lot of Americans, unless you end up in this in a, in a hospital, but the, the, the 
testing is improving at an extraordinarily rapid rate based on the manpower working on it. Mm-hmm. And we, we should have a reasonable uh, solution that works if we were doing it this month, much less uh, in August. So I feel pretty good about it, despite some of the news that's come out. Right. And, and will you require participants to sign some kind of waiver that relieves you of any liability if they get sick? Yes. Yeah. And I think that that, I, I don't see a way that events can not do that. You know, it'll be something clear mm-hmm. that, uh, because the fact of the matter is, and you know this, and we all know this, we all were going to events long before all this happened and getting very sick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I went to London Book Fair and gave a talk last year and I came back all messed up. And uh, with the flu, we had seen, I think that people collectively had sort of bought into the concept that, hey, if you go to a large enough event or you go to enough events, you're just going to get sick. That's the cost of doing business. And I think that that's, I'm, that's what I'm interested to see the most. I, I think that those days are over. And I think that people are not willing to accept that anymore. Yeah, the, the, the waiver is going to say, uh, if you get sick uh, before, during, or after uh, this event, it's not the venue's fault. Uh, it's not uh, any sponsor or exhibitor's fault. not another attendee's fault. Uh, it is either your fault or no one's fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see a way around that uh, anytime soon, especially now. And will you have attendees wearing face masks or keeping social distance rules or no? I'm sure it will be sort of muscle memory to where some will do that, Mm -hmm. uh, especially the distancing. But again, you know, um, and all of this is subject to change as as the situation evolves. But, you know, with with COVID-19 testing done uh, with every attendee on the front end, if you want to wear a mask, feel free. But if you know that everybody in the room is negative, you know, uh, I, I don't see a scientific reason to do that. But if you feel like you need to do that, then no one's going to tell you to stop. Have you surveyed participants about how they feel about the measures you're planning to take? Uh, we have, yeah. So the measures we were planning to take before, all you know, with, with all the things that I spelled out before, where, you know, in addition to testing, we were going to do a lot of other things. The feedback was uh, universally negative. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it was you know uh, on the most positive end of the spectrum. It was like, okay, well, I guess you thought that through. I mean, nobody. It was obvious that we had thought it through, uh, but it was also equally obvious to everyone we talked to that it was it, you know that this is the best way to put it. We over-engineered the problem. Some people are arguing that they don't want us to do COVID nineteen testing, and my response is. How would you feel if you infected somebody and they died? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, so the COVID-19 testing with uh, our understanding of what, how this thing works, I just don't see a way around it. Um, and we're fortunate to, to where we can reasonably know that we can provide that and so the feedback now is that it's much different than it is before it's I, i'm i'm on board because uh you know i like the open air venue uh and the inclusion of that uh, i like the idea of even if there's a little pain point at the beginning having an event that can be social and can be fun because a lot of people look at masks and they say no 
Yeah. And and this is a you know this is a big source of controversy here in Tennessee where you've got you know a lot of stuff in Tennessee is open. Uh, it's been open for weeks, and some people wear masks and some people don't, and that's just a reflection of the fact that it's a big sort of melting pot of political across the political spectrum, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as well as other things, you know, and so. Um, you know, but even people who wear masks look at wearing a mask and say, I'm not sure if I want to go to a conference where that's necessary. Mm-hmm. So the ability of COVID-19 testing to free the room from that constraint, the feedback on that's been uh, very positive. So, so it's shifted as we have evolved. Right. So, you know, in terms of your survey and the responses, just the, the plan to have an event where everyone is masked, everyone is keeping at a distance, you know, there's hand sanitizer everywhere, that just didn't appeal to the, to the constituents. Is that what you, yeah. you found? Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I think, you know, I wear a mask when I'm like walking my dog and stuff and um, I don't like wearing it, but I do wear it, you know, if especially I, I, I pull it down under my chin. I put it up if I'm if I passing somebody, but um, I can see it just being difficult in a conference setting. Yeah. Well, it was interesting because, you know, my wife has been very paranoid about all this stuff, much more so than 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 I have, I have right. been, although we both have been wearing masks. But, you know, of course, I think we both think that she got coronavirus back toward the end of January when she came back from a business trip in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all that aside, she really wanted to go, even with all of her paranoia and, and taking this super seriously, she wanted to go to a restaurant back when Tennessee opened up for restaurants at 50% capacity. She's like, we got to, we got to do this. I just, I need to, I need you to take me to a restaurant. Right. <laughs> I'm like, all right, let's, let's go. So, um, so that's what we did. And it was very interesting because, you know, we both had our masks uh, and our eight year old son had his mask. And when we were getting ready to get out and go into the restaurant, we thought, do we really need this? Like, are we, you know, there was this moment of hesitation, and we thought, now, you know, let's be, let's, let's, let's err on the side of, I just view it as a respect thing for other people, mm-hmm. um, and so we, we wore it in, and I thought it was really important that the general manager of the restaurant was wearing his mask, mm-hmm. be- because if I had gotten in there and I had seen him not wearing the mask and the staff not, which would have led to the staff not wearing their mask then the whole tone of the place would have been established to be, you don't need to wear a mask. So where I'm going with this is that if an event's going to try to do something with masks, which I think some are going to do uh, ultimately before this is over, it is, this may be obvious, but it's just imperative that the, the um, leader, the leadership of the conference is committed to doing all of these things themselves mm-hmm. and really embracing it because it just sets the tone for the whole thing. Right. One more question. Is it, I haven't heard of any other event, um, you know, uh, planning to test everyone and have a COVID free audience and then be relaxed about it. Have you heard of anybody else taking this approach with an event? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're uh, we're out there on an island, right? Um, and uh, <laughs> you know, we'll we'll see. I think that we, um, I think the 
the feather in our cap is that we have fumbled around in the dark for the last 45 to 60 days on what do we need to be doing? You know, really every day of mine is dominated by thoughts of what is it, what is it we need to be doing to allow in-person events to come back because we're in trailblazer mode now. You know, we can, we can be a trailblazer if we can do this safely and do it intelligently. Um, you know, there, there's some value to that. And yeah, I think that, uh, there's going to be a lot of people really interested to see how this goes. Um, and, uh, we're already dealing with about to the tune of one a day, uh, emails saying, how dare you, uh-huh. um, you know, some sort some sort of theme around how dare you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, but the, the feedback from attendees and sponsors and, and people who are, you know, constituents of the community and stakeholders in different ways is that this sounds about right. And I, I'll, I'll leave you with this. I think that, you know, my analogy for everything that's happened with the pandemic is 9 11. Everything yeah. I think about with this is 9 11. And, with 9-11, it was a shock. Nobody had ever seen anything like it before. And there was um, a lot of talking heads talking about this, 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 this is all going to change. And the reality is that some things changed forever. And then some things snapped back into previous form like nothing ever happened. And I think there's a lot of, if you were capable of knowing which is which, then you could be Nostradamus and predict the future. But with 9-11, it was, you know, airport security stayed with us and uh, other things fell, fell back in, into into previous form. With this, you know, I, I'm not so sure um, which is which, but all I can tell you is that the, the, the it's, it's a prisoner's dilemma sort of thing. If nobody is attending an in-person event, then everyone can be on board with not attending in-person events. But the moment that somebody sees that there that an in-person conference, when pictures of what we did or what someone if someone else does this before us, the moment it's just like the pictures of the beaches in Florida or some of this other state of California, uh, or these mobs, you know, running into the courthouses in different places. Right. The mo- the moment that people start to see this sort of convening, you know, and then for some people, they'll wait and see, was there data coming out that people get sick from that or not? The moment that people start to see these things are happening with no repercussions, it's mm-hmm. going to be off to the races. It'll, it's, it's, we're living in interesting times, and um, my job for our company is to keep people safe. And if I don't think we can do that, we're not going to do it. But I'm not having somebody cram their opinion of that down my throat. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to make our own judgments here. And we do have access to resources others don't have. We're fortunate for that. But, you know, if uh, COVID-19 testing will become more available to everybody, I know that's a real sore subject right now, mm-hmm. but uh, it will become more commercially available in a matter of 60 days. And, you know, what we're about to do will be something that will be viable to every event in America, um, you know, starting in September on. And, um, you know, it'll be about a 30 or $40 uh, per person expense. You know, that cost may drop to make it down to 20 bucks, but, um, you know, you'll just have to 
pay it mm-hmm. or have the attendee pay it. And, and um, that's the path we're going to take. So I, I appreciate you giving me some time and um, will be willing to hear my story out. Yes, excellent. Thank you so much. Very interesting interview. I wish you the best of luck. And I will keep an eye on your website for updates and touch base with Aaron as well to see how it's going. Lauren, thank you for the time. Sure, thank you. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye. See you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals. Be sure to rate and review us and subscribe. Check back for new episodes soon.